Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back for another edition of Talking Preps. I am totally out of practice. I'm Langston Ward Jr. I got Dale Ross to my left. Cameron Williams to his left, and now below us, Coach Jonathan Grice, Gary Richmond on the bottom right, and look who's in the middle is Sam. Hey, hey. back, baby. <laughs> so, Sam, we, we got to ask you just off the top. Um, I know you can't say a whole lot about the investigation, but what, what did you do during the time you were out? How hard was it to be away from the kids, and then how great was it to come back? Well, it's extremely hard to be away from your second family. Your second family is your football family. And, you know, being away from the coaches, uh, August is so important to everybody. And the week before August is like a mini camp. So you're away from mini camp and then you're away from the first day of practices. I mean, all I could think about was the first day of hitting. It's the first day I haven't been there in 15 years. And it's just, well, maybe more than that because I played football. I was playing it. So, you know, probably longer than that. It was, that was the toughest time. Now, you try to take your blessings when you can. So I got to spend a lot of time with my son, uh, my girls. We got to do a lot of different things. My little girl journey, my youngest is doing a little bit of gymnastics. She's teaching me how to do like back bends and stuff. I think I, uh, I think my neck still hurts from trying to do some of the things she was doing. But other than that, got to spend a lot of time with the family. But, you know, God is good. And uh, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Absolutely. Well, we're, happy, we're glad to have you back, Sam. Um, and it's time to uh, start, uh, what is this, number two? Second episode, season six. So Gary, how you doing? I'm doing great. Man, we have some coaches dancing after wins on Saturday. I just want you to evaluate these dances. Let, let's check them out. Okay. This was uh, Chambers coach Brandon Williams hey. in the Q step forward after his big win over Cardinal Gibbons. Yeah, they have they have a uh, a panelytic. Um, now, who is that? Oh, that's Bryce. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how to get it? How to get it? I like whenever they slow it down, it's never bad. Like, have you ever noticed that with the graphics? Like, <laughs> Grace, Grace, Grace looks like he took lessons from Mac Brown. <laughs> hey, you know, mm. I, I, yeah, doing some of the kids stuff. Hey, that's when you try to do some of the kids stuff. That's how you look. <laughs> All right, so now, now, Coach we, Wiggins, yeah. What are we gonna yeah. give Coach Wiggins? What are we gonna give Grace? We're gonna give we're gonna give Grace a B plus for effort. Right. And enthusiasm. Put it on. Okay. But for effort and enthusiasm, we're gonna give it to Coach Wiggins. We're gonna give him an A. Uh, however, that's okay on the football field, but it wouldn't have passed mustard at the conclave last month. <laughs> Well, I ain't talking to you. I can't stand that all. Zero. I'm, I'm really bad. All right. Uh, it's time for rapid fire. And I can't wait to hear what uh, Mr. Ross has to say because he was telling me about a situation he ran into over at high school. We'll let him get to it after the intro. 
All right, Dale, I'm going to come to you the first question. Is high school football scheduling better now when we're playing South Carolina and Georgia and Raleigh and, and each side and teams like that? Or was it better in the old days when you just kind of playing your neighbors every week? Uh, I kind of like the even going further than the South Carolina and heading to Georgia and playing some Georgia teams. I, I like seeing that, stepping up competition for teams because Friday nights have evolved so much since we, you know, since I've been around and just the local games, not a lot of excitement in, in many of those games because people don't come out. So to schedule big games to add more excitement, at least is good for a fan that's not aligned to a specific school. Right, right. Uh, Sam, what do you think there? I definitely think, I mean, it's good both ways. Like when you're playing someone in South Carolina, you're playing someone in Georgia, I think North Carolina has some of the best football in the whole Southeast. Um, I think that whenever you go against a high level like Georgia team or, or South Carolina team, it shows that we're just as good as anybody. You know, there's no reason to go outside of Charlotte or surrounding areas. So when you play those teams, you know, it just puts us on the map a little bit further for a national level for recruiting purposes. So I think it's good for recruiting. It does a lot of different things. But the local games, I mean, you still need to play those. Like West Charlotte, you know, the West Side Championship, that's a huge deal. You know, we can go play someone outside in South Carolina, but the other deals locally are still great games too. But it's always good to have one or two just so you can compare so no one can say, well, they only played in the surrounding Charlotte area. No, we're going outside, we're playing here, we're playing there. I think that's really good for some of the good teams. Cameron, you saw both sides. You saw West Bank Palisades, a local game on Friday night, then you saw Chambers and Gibbons on Saturday. What do you think the difference is? I think the difference is simply uh, more fan engagement. Um, there was a very big crowd at the Chambers Gibbons game. Um, I think they're, you know, a little bit more maybe talent on some of those squads, but, you know, the fan engagement was huge. Uh, a lot of fans there. Now, some of them might have been there for South Point and Gaffney, but, you know, it's just a lot more, uh, I guess you can say, exciting atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, let me see. Grice is up next. Grice, Richmond County, you talked about in the preseason show, you thought they could be a, a force to be reckoned with, and they certainly did not get off to the best start. They suffered a 45-7 loss, which was the worst loss in school history. Last time they lost by 37 was to Terry Sanford in 1980. Uh, is it time to worry about the Raiders? Not at all. I think people forget that aren't involved. You know, when you have one, you've got so many moving parts and so many new things. A new quarterback, first time you haven't had a hood there, what, in, in three, three or three or four years there. Um, you've got a new defensive coordinator, Chris Campoletta, who's been on the staff, but first time in a coordinator role. I mean, you've got multiple underclassmen starting. I think the entire linebacking core, I think, is full of sophomores. Last time I checked the roster, you've got a bunch of young guys that are on that team that I think, again, they looked apart, the which is why everybody had high hopes for them. But I'll tell you what, if they're continuing to go and get better, we're going to see this week against a good team like Butler. But they've got a lot of time, I think, to get better. And by the end of this season, I think they're going to be, again, in the playoffs. They're going to have a more favorable conference schedule that I think that they'll be good and ready to, to make some more. Gary, your follow here. I think it is time to worry. Um, I think Richmond being kind of a, a, a rural county is probably not experiencing the growth in some of the metropolitan areas around Charlotte. And 
especially when you run into a, a school system like uh, Forsyth County that has open enrollment for athletics. Um, I think they went up against uh, a powerhouse from Forsyth County that, you know, Richmond is, is not feared, is definitely not feared in Mecklenburg County anymore. And now other North Carolina schools are, um, you know, finding success against Richmond. I think uh, Richmond is not experiencing the growth population-wise, and therefore they're not going to get as many athletes as they used to, uh, you know, back in, say, the, the early 2000s, the 90s, what have you. I just, I just think we're getting ready to see the decline of Richmond County as being a state power. Wow, okay. Now, every year we see interconference matchups, but in some cases, one county school will be much larger than the other county school. And they play, they have to play every year. It's kind of a county mandate a lot of times. But it's becoming, you see a lot of 51 nothing, 62 nothings. Is it, is it becoming a safety concern to have a team with three times, two times as many players playing against their rivals every single year? This, I think, is a little comp a little more complicated to answer. I think it could be. I think what Cameron and I saw Friday night could be a, a good example. Um, teams that are so the smaller population means less kids that can come out and play. And it also, of course, means less quality athletes you'll probably have, which means most likely less uh, wins. And I'm speaking, let's say, 4A. Uh, in any of the classifications you're aligned into. So the the lesser population, the lesser wins most likely, which in, mm. which in turn is probably going to mean a lesser quality set of coaches, less focus on weightlifting, and you're going to start getting – I think we're going to see more, more physicality differences. You know, we saw a huge one Friday night, which was not yes. because of what we just mentioned. No, uh, brand new school. That was because no – Different, different deal. Yeah, and, and no seniors and no varsity experienced players. But still, you could apply that if you looked at what they had, and I'm not saying this is going to happen to them in the future, but that's the kind of scenario as far as the, the bodies of the kids, the, uh, the physicalness of the kids that you see in some of the lower uh, population schools, so, uh, football programs. So I, I think it can be. Uh, I'm not ready to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply call off the dogs, but I do want to say this. Uh, I think the S NCHSAA should look at realignment every two years instead of four. Because uh, of I, I've heard the, that. Uh, Grace is not I've, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. Dale, okay, I want to come back to you for the last thing. I said I was going to put you on the one shot, so we'll get you in the one shot. Uh, I want you to talk about what you saw Friday night with game management and what high school was at. Okay, so this is hard for me. Um, I had a situation occur that's never happened with me before. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. And 
uh, I used to run chain crews and uh, I have still have kind of a, a, a desire to see chain crews run properly because it's a very integral part of the game that a lot of times gets looked overlooked. And when I got to the game Friday night, we were at Palace, we were at West Mecklenburg, the Palisades West Mecklenburg game. I, I noticed that there were young kids that were going to be running the chain crew. So I, this is not the first time I've ever done this. I'd probably do it three, four times a year, and that is to uh, assist the chain crew. So I figured these kids were going to need some assistance. Um, they looked like they were freshmen, maybe no more than sophomore. Uh, when I interacted with them, they didn't want to be there. They absolutely did not want to be there. That was words out of all of them. So I assisted them in trying to teach them and get them integrated into understanding the importance of the of being a member of the chain crew. And it was the one of the roughest experiences I've seen. And just to give one example, um, West Mech is in a fast-moving offense. They get the ball down to the Palisades 20-yard line. The chains are down there. The box is at the other 20. And the kid's not even paying attention, you know, to what's going on. Um, so at that point, and I had been communicating with the wing official um, who was very thankful to me about what I was doing with these kids. I went to the AD and of West Mac and told him they needed to provide a chain crew. We needed a chain crew. The kids were going to leave. They told me they were out. You know, I, I convinced them to stay to halftime, but they said they're out. They weren't coming back. And um, halftime came. And nobody, that, that was maybe about mid-second quarter. Halftime came, nobody had shown up. Um, so I went back to uh, the AD. And granted, he doesn't know me. So he's probably, who is this guy, you know, coming over to, to bring this issue up to me? And we, um, I, I asked him again, where was, you know, not where was, had he gotten a chain crew? And... It wasn't a good uh, interaction. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. Um, it was uh, a bit confrontational. Um, Is this kind of the same problem we're having with referees, though, Dale, where there's just not enough people to do these things anymore? Yeah. So his comment was, I don't have any, you know, I, I don't have, I, can't, I have a hard time getting people to come to games. Mm. I don't have, um, I don't have people to put on, the chain crew. However, there were five guys standing there beside him with West Mech shirts on, leaning up against the fence and stayed leaning up against the fence all night. You know, there were five adults that could have been um, put in. But typically they look to get um, parents to do this. Um, and right. Gary, the Gary's involvement it. at West Mech. Yeah, Gary's, Gary's itching. Go ahead, Gary. Well, if their kids work in the chains, they're usually JV football players. Because um, usually you find that on Thursday nights at a JV game, you have varsity kids working the chains. Yep. Um, I think one way to incentivize uh, parents to do it is to give them a shirt, make them feel like they're a part of it, and let them in the game free. And then you, you'll have a consistent number of guys. Um, uh, adults were in, and they don't have to be fathers, they can be mothers 
but you would have a consistent number of adults if you gave them a shirt, uh, you know, to make them stand out as a part of the game as well as let them in free. Right. And and Mike, that would incentivize well, would want to do it. Yeah, not a bad idea. My I mean, experience is dads give me a hot dog too. When, when you see, bring me a free, give me a hot dog. Give them Sam, feed them. Yeah, yeah, feed them. Yeah, yeah. Sam, you got a fan out there, Karen Brown. She likes you had to say earlier about uh, your comments about being away and coming back. And, and again, welcome back, uh, Sam. Glad to have you. A lot of people are asking me uh, when you're going to be around. Now it's time, Grace. You, uh, did, did you let everybody know that you kicked me out last week? You know, I did not kick you. You out. suspended me too. Don't start those rumors. Grace, it's time, to, it's time to find out who made the Grace's gems, who were the best players in North Carolina last week. Here we go. Oh, I'm excited, Gary. I got my, you know, got the retired, maybe coming back coach. That's what I'm gonna keep calling you because you're coming back. The game is never over for you. But again, this is first year, first iteration of Bryce's gyms. Uh, we had to pick some guys that, hey, if you bought, you were gonna get the call. I love our list this week, Gary. We've got a lot of great names on here. Some you might remember, some new faces and some new places, though. And I'm excited to see what we got uh, for this this edition. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it too, and. You know, the, the thing that always got me on Friday night is the smell of the grass, the concession stands, and the bands. And the first game I went to was on a Thursday night. They had turf, so I didn't smell any grass. And I guess the game was so early they hadn't started cooking. So that feeling hadn't hit me yet, Greg. So I, I'm still retired. Um, the smells and the sounds didn't. Uh, bring up that need to put a whistle back on. So let's see what you got this week. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. So the first one, you know the name. It's Anshon Bubba Camp. Again, he's the starting quarterback for Julius Chambers. We know yesterday he played, again, against Cardinal Gibbons. Big-time game, and he showed up. 246 yards and two touchdowns passing and more than 100 yards rushing on the ground. And really the numbers don't tell a lot. I mean, you see so many plays. I heard the announcers call him a wizard where you thought he was, you know, he was, he was in, in the grass, thought he was about to get tackled. He was able to break out for a big game. Tell, talk well, about him. You watched him a lot, Gary. Well, that's great because last year, I think he was put in the position where the staff was probably saying, Hey, don't lose it. We got guys around you that can win it. Okay. Now this year he looks to be the leader and he's taking control either um, passing or running the ball. And, and that's great to see that he's taking a, the next step in his maturation as a quarterback. Agreed. I mean, that's like I, like I always talk about. I think we got Bubba Camp, you know, and Sean is the professional, gives you the clean game. When they need, to, you know, it's go time, they need some big plays, they turn to Bubba. So got to get him on there. Great win for them. You know, a, a season-defining win, I think, to start on that, that lick-back uh, season. I think Langston captured so well. Let's get to QB number two. And, again, a guy that I'm familiar with, a guy that the Chambers crew is familiar with, Demir Edwards. Again, 18 of 25 passing for 275 yards and four touchdowns and a 59-25 win over Hopewell. I was just so proud, you know, speaking, of course, you know, very intimately personally, I was so proud of how well he performed. Again, you know, had a year where he was at Chambers as a backup. This is really his first big action in a year. He really stepped up to the call, thought he did a great job making great decisions in a game where you just got to get the ball to the playmakers. Exactly. Um, 
it's a good opening week uh, for him to get his feet under him. Uh, the opponent is under a new coaching staff and, and transitioning. So that's a good opening game for somebody that's a first-time starter at Cox Mill, and it's only going to give him more confidence as the season progresses. Oh, I agree. Let's get into the next one. And, Gary, I got to eat some crow. You know, I, I talked about, you know, on the show, you know, would QB Mason Fortune have some big-time targets to, to go to this year with the departure of Wesley Grimes? Well, this Tennessee commit, Nathan Leacock, showed me and let me know that they're more than fine out there in, in Raleigh. Had five catches, 204 yards, and two touchdowns in a big 35-12 win over Apex Friendship. Definitely a guy that can go get it, as we can see. And I don't think you want to leave him one-on-one on an island, Gary. I don't think so either because he just mossed that whole secondary. And it looks like he's just running a one-man relay team out here uh, in these highlights. Uh, 200 yards and two TDs. How many receptions? Five. It was five, just five. Five. That's forty yards a catch. I mean, that is that is awesome. But I love it. Just after he makes that catch, he's looking in zone. You see the athleticism there with the flip. No, no, no question. Why? Come on, ref. Don't give him the flag there. That athleticism has to be rewarded. But again, big time game from a big time receiver who's ready to take that Millwood program to be in the battle for state contention again this year. So salute to those guys again. I love it. Hey, correct me. I'm not. I'm not the you know the most you know, the right guy. My girlfriend tells me I'm wrong all the time, Gary. So. Don't have a problem with being wrong. Let's move to a, a familiar face and a familiar program. Uh, Guru really had this East Forsyth team high up on his list, and this is a big reason why. QB Jalen Rayner, Arkansas State commit, he ran 12 times for 337 yards and four touchdowns. Also completed 11 of 27 passes for 175 yards and three additional touchdowns. He needed all of those and a big 49 to 38 win over Northwest Guilford. Um, again, had a couple call back, but we know how explosive this QB is. He's a do-it-all guy that we know you can put anywhere on the field and he's going to make plays. Gary, I love his style. I think that he's side he's going to make Guru look like a, even more of a guru than he is with some big-time play offensively. You know what those numbers remind you of? Somebody like Vince Young or RG3 where he's like, you can't stop me in the air. You can't stop me on the ground. It's like – Pick your poison, show me your defense, and I'll figure out the rest. Oh, definitely. I mean, you're looking at these highlights. He looks to be playing a different game than these other guys. And, I mean, I'm sure it was a real treat to watch him. I expect to see him deep into November as they continue to make a big run to get a state championship now on this you know, larger aggregate for a fight club level. Um, let's move to another, you know, Grice's Gym alum. I love it. Hey, Gary's got the best handle, Twitter handle of the game, Ty Beats Losing. Tyler Green from Cannon School threw for 430 yards on 20 of 27, uh, you know, 20 of 27 passing, and four touchdowns in a big 42-26 win over North Raleigh Christian. He's been on here a lot, Gary. A guy we know has a great arm, got some great targets and receivers with him. I just uh, you expect another big season from this kid. Yeah, there's no shortage of high school quarterbacks nowadays because of the the advent of seven on seven summer leagues. These kids get so many throws in and, and all these camps. I mean, they're college ready in high school. I mean, this this notion that you got to wait your turn um, from the highlights I'm seeing, some of these kids, they're going to be ready to play right away. 
they're going to be ready to play. And this kid's been doing it, at, you know, from, from the freshman level. He stepped in immediately and was one of the best quarterbacks on the scene year after year. And, again, I agree with you. I mean, because of the seven-on-seven, seven, you know, because of all of the reps, I tell people guys that aren't doing it, they're 10,000 reps behind. You know, and, and I think that's always the mentality. And as a result of a lot of that, you're seeing these guys that are more polished. Like you said, you're not waiting to see these guys step in. They're going into college campuses early in January ready to go. But, Gary, I appreciate you. A first edition this season of Grice's Gems, we've got some big performances. I, a lot of guys balled, but these five specific got the call. Um, you know, as I talk about every week, send me Friday night, Saturday, send me guys as far as who you think should make the list of Grice's Gems. You can contact me at Coach Jay Grice on Twitter. You can contact at Langston, at Langston Works Jr. at Observer Preps. Reach out to anybody. Gary said, "Don't reach out to him." But you know, DM everybody you know, that that you can to let us know if you think you're ready to be a crisis gym. And Gary, as always, if you fall, you're gonna get that. You don't get the call. Yes, That's sir. Right. <laughs> there Hello. it is. Oh, you get the call. I, 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 I say I, one I, thing. About to show something. Yes, go ahead. Say one thing. So, you know, one more big shout out to a quarterback that, you know, used to go to West Charlotte and uh, moved to South Point. Uh, Grice knows him really well. He coaches him in the seven on seven. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Malachi Marshall um, for South Point. You know, he took down the state champs in Gaffney. First, uh -huh. first varsity football game thrown to the Wolves and got over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. I mean, I saw some of the highlights. He is a Division One talent. And I just think that was huge to go down and take down the state champs and, um, you know, the big yeah. 5A. Absolutely. Well, we got uh, Independence quarterback Justin Little on the show. Welcome, Justin. How you doing? Can you hear me, Justin? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You're a sophomore, right? Oh, he's frozen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tell me about this first game here. 225 yards passing three touchdowns, almost ran for 100 yards. What was that like? Oh. Justin, can you hear us? What was that? I said, tell me yeah, about the first game. What was that like for you? You had a really big game. I think we lost Just, Justin. Justin got dial up, you know. McFadden got to help him out a little bit. Sam, tell me what you're seeing in the film of this kid. Well, I'm, I've I've studied him a little bit. We got to play him in a week, and uh, coach and coach McFadden. We were on the phone today. We talked a little bit. He says this kid is extremely poised. But did you see that right there? That was that fake handoff and being able to take it and run it the other way. The illusion of that play is so overlooked as a quarterback. I think those type of deals, being poised in the pocket, being able to camouflage when you have the football and when you don't, it makes a huge deal in high school. The worst weapon a defense or you can use against the defense is their eyes. And this guy has great illusion in his handoffs. I'm thinking he's handing the ball off, but he's taking it out the back door going. And uh, he's got a great arm. Um, he, he got his legs underneath him. You know, obviously, DJ McFadden is a great quarterback coach, not just a head coach, but a great quarterback coach as well. So he's learned under him. This guy's going to have a great career with, uh, you know, independence. Justin, were you nervous? Nah, I was, I was good. I felt like I was ready to go. Yeah? Were you surprised that you played so well? Karen Belt's giving you a lot of love here. I mean, nah, I, I expect that every week to play good. Look at that. Woo, poise like in the that. pocket. I, like, well, I, I need you. 
I'm, tell me, you know, what it's like playing for Coach McFadden at Independence, you know, the former quarterback. I know it means a lot to him. And, and he talks about the 3% better. Tell me about 3% better and what's it like playing for him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun playing with him. You know, he's very creative, makes great plays, calls great plays. And well, he always keeps us working, keeps a chip on our shoulders, keeps yeah. us – gives us something to work for every week. To get a win, he That's told me awesome. he's on the revenge tour right now. Yeah, <laughs> he's yes. on the revenge tour. Yep. You know, I, I know that you guys you came up a little short on this game you're playing Friday last year. I think that you guys want to win this game, and he says we're coming after West Charlotte the following week. I mean, he was he was tweeting it out and deleting tweets right away, but like he was feeling <laughs> us. Now he told me one thing, uh, Mister Little. He says that mm-hmm. you can't gritty better than him. Is this true? Nah, nah. You no. nah. You're not smooth and nah. all. You can't dance. He's he's a little he's a little too steep, you know. He's getting he's up a little too steep. <laughs> I, love, I it. love it. I love, I love it. it. Well, Justin, I got one. I got one thing. You said you're a primetime guy. I got one thing I need you to do is be a primetime guy tonight and be Sam in the game show. I'm gonna put up some questions on the screen. The multiple choice. You'll go first. Answer the first question. Then Sam answers the second one. And make sure you beat him because we got to get Sam off to a rip roaring start with a losing streak. Listen, I need I need a little bit of a break. Like, see, you guys give these guys the questions in advance. These study. guys do not have the questions. Karen is loving Independence. Karen, did you go to Independence? Independence, mom. She did. She went. I think she went there with my mother as well. Like they were around the same class. Yeah. My mother is yeah. a graduate of Independence. She was Miss Independence two years. You know. We got Kitty some NC State fans in the house. Wolfpack Nation. They got a good. They got a good one in KC committed to them in the game uh, Saturday before the game. That was a huge pickup for Wolfpack. All right, no more stalling, Sam. It's time, brother. I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the goat of the game show. All right, Justin, I'm going to put the question on the screen. Alex is going to read the question. You answer first. Sam, answer the second question first. You ready? All right. Here we go. All right, Alex. The new HBO miniseries, House of the Dragon, occurs 200 years before the events of House of Thrones. On what novel is House of the Dragon based? It's the Game of Thrones, by the way. Let's correct that, not the House of Thrones. All right. game. You're right, sir. Game of Thrones. My, Sam's I, got the I, games we going tonight. Well, we got it wrong. That's fine. <laughs> but, the, the, Alex, what are our choices here? A, Fire and Blood. B, A Song of Ice and Fire. C, Clash of Kings. D, A Feast for Crows. Okay, Justin, what is the right answer? Uh, I'm going to go with C. Clash of Kings. Clash of Kings. Samuel, what's your answer? The A is A is the answer. Fire and blood, or fire and ice. All right, is it enough? Are you sure it's fire and blood? It's fire it's and supposed blood. to be fire yeah, and ice. Know, I do know it's fire and blood. You got it right. Look, somehow. <laughs> fire, I, fire I, and I ice. Sam gets off to a good start. Are we no, talking no. NC State basketball? Chris Corciani, Roddy Monroe. Say again. Fire and ice. Are we talking NC State basketball with Chris Porciani yeah. and Roddy Monroe? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> you got Game sort of Thrones of. questions up there. I'm going I'm to kill it. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, let's go. NFL games averaged 17 million viewers last season. This year, they will get used to new faces calling games, which is the only network not changing announcers on its number one team this year. 
A, CBS, B, ESPN, C, Fox, or D, NBC. Sam. Which is the only network not changing announcers mm-hmm. on its number one team this year. What does that mean, number one team? The They're number only one announcing team. team. Mm, this is a good one. Mm. Let me think about it for a second. Hold on. No, no, answer the question. we got a long show. <laughs> no, you ain't doing that to me. I'm going to go ACBS. ACBS. Justin, what you got? I'm going to go D, NBC. No, the answer is uh, CBS. They're still going with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Everybody else is shuffling around. So make a uh, it's two and oh, two and oh right now, right? Two and oh, yeah. Oh, he's about to go to that little crazy stuff he does. <laughs> Justin, Show got- Gary, can we get Gary in the mix right here? Show him what's Justin, about to happen. Justin, you got to make four quarters. Let's go, Alex. <laughs> This rapper currently has the top two songs on the iTunes Top 100 Pop Singles Charts. One of them is called Mi Porto Bonito. Who is he? Drake, Future, Bad Bunny, or Little Baby? All right, Justin, let's go. I'm going to go C. C, Bad Bunny. What you guys saying? I mean, I'm going to have to roll with C, too. It just sounds like a crazy name. Why would you oh, have Bad Bunny? Four That's the right answer, but you're playing Four Corners. I knew it was Bad Bunny. I'm listening to that stuff no, all you the time. No, you did just playing Four Corners. I'm listening to that all the time. <laughs> we got to change the rules where Sam has well, the last time the rules. you recognized a bad reference was when Muhammad Ali said years ago, I'm a bad man. <laughs> Sam's That's a cheating right. man. Just <laughs> hey, I, listen, you can't say the word cheat with me on the show because he starts bringing, you know, oh, that's, that's, true. that's true. That's true. <laughs> Justin, let's go. When Usain Bolt retired from track, he signed and played professional soccer in Australia. What team did he play for? A, the Central Coast Mariners, B, Brisbane Roar, C, Newcastle Jets, or D, Wellington Phoenix? It is uh, Sam's turn. Who's up? Sam, what you got? It's going to be uh, B. B, Brisbane Roy. Justin, what you got? Yeah, I, I also got B. You got B. The answer is A, Central Coast Mariners. He didn't play very long without a contract dispute. Mm. That was a good one, though. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So, even though Sam is one, we're going to ask this last question just for giggles. <laughs> I know. I mean, what, did you expect I was going to come out defeated by uh, the big guy? Alex, what you got? The hit CWTV show All-American is based loosely on the story of real-life linebacker Spencer Pacinger, who briefly played for which team in the Carolinas? A, the Clemson Tigers, B, the Carolina Panthers, C, the North Carolina Tar Heels, D, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Justin, what you got? Not gonna lie, I haven't watched All American. Yeah, watch that. Oh man, you gotta watch it. Go to Netflix. Nah. Good. They got a spinoff called uh, All American Homecoming. Just as good. You got to check that out. Okay, I'll go. I'll go D Wake Forest. D Wake Forest. Samuel, what you got? I honestly wanted to say D with him, but I'll change it up. Um, I actually haven't watched the show either. But that was uh, a good show. I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to stay with D, too. I just can't. It's not Tar Heels. Y'all just put Tar Heels on there to represent your, your boys. <laughs> oh, it's D. He actually played for the Carolina Panthers. He graduated out of Oregon in 2011 to play with the Giants, Dolphins, uh-huh. and Panthers. He retired in 2017. 
And he opened up a coffee shop in L.A. and started an investment fund to help athletes who, who get kicked out of their careers early. So that's what he's up to. But, Justin, man, thanks for coming on. Um, good luck when you play Sam in two weeks. Yep. That, that, that should be a fun game. Hey, you got used to what normally happens when you go against Grind. It's no big deal. Oh, here we All go. Right? Here we go. Here <laughs> Justin, I want you to score and do the gritty on him, okay? Don't do that. You do that. Sure, now, sure. But on the sideline, you do it in the end zone. No, do it in the end zone. You can get in the end zone. Point the grinder when you do the gritty. Point to it. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Thanks for coming on, Justin. All right. Thank you. All right. That's uh, that's. Let me go ahead and put it in my tally box. Can huh? I put another dub in the tally box? Uh, you can put a dub in the tally box. I'm going to get out of the way and let uh, Chelsea do her thing, and Alex is going to host. So I'm going to get out of the way. And here we are for another season in which we have the high honor and great privilege of understanding that it's Chelsea's world and we're privileged to live in it. I'm speaking of one of Sanderson High School and Raleigh's very best, Miss Chelsea Sipple. And I'm going to go ahead and put the plug in right now. Casey Concepcion might have announced his commitment to NC State last week. We're going to have the biggest commitment announcement of the year, I hope, on this show. I want to get a commitment from Ms. Sipple right now that when that time comes, she's going to announce her college choice on this show this year. That's the biggest commitment announcement of the year. Chelsea, can we get that commitment from you? Yes, hopefully around January 15th. Sounds like a plan. Working on those early applications. Early applications right Mm -hmm. between the December signing date and the February signing date. The biggest commitment of the year going to be right here on Talking Preps. So, uh, Chelsea, uh, what else is going on uh, as you get ready to begin your senior year at 5500 Dixon Drive, the Sanderson High School Spartans? Uh, Getting a lot of feedback right now in terms of people who want to be part of Chelsea's world here on Talking Preps? I am. I've had some people reach out to my Twitter DMs. Um, Any athletes, this is the best coverage you can get in North Carolina. My Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. Shoot me a DM and we can set up a Zoom. I can't say any more than that. What you got, Sam? I love it. I I love how she always says, jump in my DMs and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Sam. (laughs) All right. So uh, we we got uh, from Raleigh to Charlotte this week. Uh, Chelsea uh, connected with a young man from Olympic High School. Uh, Who are you talking to this week? This week, I spoke with Elite Nairn, who's also a Liberty University commit. And uh, we really, one, we discussed his commitment, what made that the school for him, and also talking about his senior year, his mentality, you know, from his growth to freshman year to today, and just what we can expect from his team this season. All right. Well, let's hear and see why Mr. Nairn said, give me Liberty. Let's check. So this week, I'm interviewing Olympic football senior and Liberty University commit Elite Nairn. So Elite, I want to talk about your most recent win, 49-14 to against Sun Valley, which is a non-conference team. Kind of talk about what it feels like to start the season off with a win, what those non-conference games mean to y'all. Um, start the season off with a win, it was most definitely a boost of confidence. You know, some guys might, might be down to coaches, some guys might not believe in the program, but that gave us a lot of momentum. 
you know, our goal is to go one and zero each week. That's pretty much each week, and it shows that once you listen to the coaches, everything hard work at all pay off. So, for sure. And continuing non-conference games, you guys play Rocky River this upcoming Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the matchup we can expect. Um, it's going to be a good competition. I've seen that they had played um, Porter Ridge last week. Mm-hmm. That was really a good game for Porter Ridge. So I thought like we can do the same thing to them. But, you know, the out-of-conference wins, they're great. They're a great setup for the season. I like them because, you know, you can be well-prepared, you know. I mean, those games count, but, the you know, the conference games actually count. So, you know, I'm glad we have two, two out-of-conference games and we're going to be ready for the rest of the season. For sure. And you are Liberty University commit. You announced that earlier in July. Kind of talk about your recruiting process. What made Liberty the final decision for you? Um, my recruiting process has been crazy. Uh, I got my first offer in like April from Old Dominion. You know, I'm blessed. Like after I got that a month, a month later, Liberty offered me. And then like after that, I had got, there was like weeks of like a couple of days, like one day I had three offers one day, the next day I had three offers. And then one week had happened, I had 10 offers at one week. Um, so I would say after a while, it, I kind of blew up, I would say. You know, a lot of schools were waiting to pull the trigger on me, which is, you know, that's their loss. I'm, I'm fine with that. But the, the, the teams that do, that did, um, I appreciate them. So like for Liberty, for me to commit to Liberty, it was more like me going with my gut, I would say, because I'm, I'm never gonna you know, nitpick a school or, I'm just blessed to be an opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I met with the coaches. I took a visit up there. That's what really got me um, for the simple fact that they're they're all genuine. It's not like they're trying to pull a stunt to get me to commit or, you know, just trying to fill my head up with lies. They're really, like, about what they talk about. And I appreciate that. And I'm also not, like, a, an outgoing person. Up in Lynchburg, there's not really, you know, a lot going on. It's just beautiful, like, trees and football. I can focus. And that's really what I need because I don't do a lot of extra. Yeah, for sure. Well, I look forward to, you know, seeing how you thrive at Liberty. And you mentioned you had that period where you were blowing up. Kind of talk about, you know, now being a senior, your development from your freshman year playing football all the way to, you know, this season. Um, I would say my development was more of a confidence thing because, you know, People really don't believe in Olympic for no for some some reason, and like, I would just make crazy plays and I wouldn't pay no mind because I'm just listening to coach. You know, coach tell me do something, I do it, I do it excellent. People are like, oh, you going crazy, bro? Like you going D one? Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So like, it was just, it just happened, and like, mentally, I grown with like maturity because I used to not believe in myself, and that's the problem. My freshman year, I was just like, oh, people just talking, like, I don't really have a chance. Like, people made it seem bigger than it was, but it really was, you just have to do the right things, stay consistent. So, you know, I had great coaches like Coach Hart, Coach Kern, Coach Ford, defensive coaches that just led me along the way and sharpened my tools and all that. And um, that was pretty much it mentally, but like, physically, I would say like, it's, it's weird because the more weight I gain, the faster I feel. So, you know, Coach Hart really does a good job in the weight room, pushing us. And I'm one of the main guys, you know, pushing guys also. Um, I just put on strength, trying to get faster. And like I said, the more weight I gain, the faster I get. Absolutely. And I'm sure you're proud of that growth. 
and you already committed, but talk about um, some of your personal goals that you've had and also team goals overall for Olympic, you know, and just how do you guys implement reaching those goals in practice? You know, Coach Thompson does a good job of like being a motivator above all things. He, um, it's like, he, he tells me that I'm more than what I think I am because I, I took on the role of being a leader without knowing, you know, I'm making a name for myself and now people are looking up to me. It's like, whatever I say kind of goes, like, listen to him. He knows what he's doing. Like, so I would say being a vocal leader, I'm not really outgoing, but in certain situations, like, I got to stop because that's what I need to do. Like, so in practice, the way I try to, like, get better at that is, you know, motivating guys, bringing them up, you know, going into detail about things that, like, they don't understand, you know. And then as a team, I would say going one and know each week and just making a statement each week. Because, like I said, a lot of people doubt Olympic, and that's where they mess up at. And we're going to strike a lot of people this season. So I would say um, really going one and know each week. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. And um, speaking of going one oh each week, best of luck this Friday against um, Rocky River. And again, congrats on your commitment. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Once again, we begin a year of heaping effusive praise, thanks, and gratitude to Miss Chelsea Sipple for the impressive work that she does. Her work is beyond words in terms of connecting Thank with you, Alex. athletes and all that she does, and certainly is a model of journalistic excellence to be emulated by her peers and those who will follow. So thank you, Chelsea, as always. And remind us all one more time how so many others can join us with the privilege of living in Chelsea's world. Yeah, so my Twitter and Instagram is at Chelsea Sipple. You can reach me via DM. And um, we'll just work on setting up a Zoom. I'll do my research. I'll ask some questions. And then you can get all the exposure on News and Observer. And Charlotte Observer. Wait a minute now. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> get down here in Charlotte, Chelsea. You, you, you can be on both. Hey, 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 Langston, she's a Raleigh young lady. Now, I understand are, that. But the point is you can be in the two largest media whatevers in North Carolina at once. You can be everywhere. There's more exposure mm -hmm. you can get in there. You can't, you can't beat that exposure. And Chelsea is delivering us. You guys reach out to Chelsea. There's a DM right there on the screen, IG and Twitter. And you can be on. Don't say we're hating on you. I hear people all the time, you hating on me, hating on you. Hating on you. I'm not. It's called Chelsea. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. But Chelsea, thanks for coming on. We'll catch you next week as we march closer to your big college decision, January 15th. Is that it? Uh, it might be a few. I might have to give one or two days of consideration. Right. That's when I think days. they decide for me. Then I decide for them. Well, fingers crossed you get as many right. offers as you want. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And everybody so. heard it here tonight. The announcement will be on this show. That's right. You got to do it on the show. You got to do it on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, no right. I have my jersey right. and everything. All right. All right, All right Chelsea. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need. See y'all. <laughs> All, right. All right. It's Chelsea Simple. She's, she's, I mean, she's so nice, y'all. Call her, you know, DM her, get on, um, let her give you some exposure. Because um, after the show goes off, we're going to put it all over our social media things. So your interview will air over and over and over again. But it's time now, guys, to see what y'all did with these top 10 rankings. I got a lot of uh, interesting comments on week one. I don't do them, guys. This is uh, <laughs> this is Alex Alex's thing in, in, uh, in 
what's the word I'm looking for? In combination with grad. Is that the word I'm looking for? Combination. Collaboration. Collaboration. I'm going to combination. If I'm going to get yelled at, I need at least need some sort of input here. Wait Collaboration. But let's see what y'all came up with. All right, coordinators get yelled at enough, so everybody can just yell at me. So let's go. <laughs> All right, these 1A rankings, not a whole lot of adjustments. The show still runs through Tarboro. Coach Rice, what can you say about that? I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if we're going to get the rematch. You know, the Tarboro T and their big, you know, matchup against Ty Turbifield leading that, uh, that Mitchell team out there. I mean, again, that was a great – final last year but you know some of these other teams you know thomasville it's always tough mount air and eastern randolph i feel like we've had this same top six for a while so i think you know as we get later on in the season in the conference some of these teams will be playing each other and that one a that's usually when you get some shake up in that one a bracket but as of right now the cream's still at the top yeah the guru I'm always says they, they're gonna meet they're gonna meet twice that's what's good oh yeah yeah they do. I just got to confirm late, for everybody very quickly that uh that tarbor purple and gold that there was no conspiracy going there with coach grice and cox mill purple <laughs> and uh langston wirtz and gary richmond two wonderful omega men and the purple there i just want to let everyone know there was no conspiracy going <laughs> no there conspiracy. what we got uh, to uh alex well the beat goes on and it is what it is a tough drop there for Shelby right there. And you know what? I, I, I don't fantastic mind that game. they played a really good 3 They did. They did. They did. Yeah. They, they, they did. They played a great game and, and rallied there at the end against a very, very tough opponent, intra-county rival, and a 3A contender. Uh, so that that is what it is. Reeds will still call on the shots there. And um, the beat goes on once again, Coach hey, what, I, I, I If I were y'all, I'd look out for this Maiden team. I, I really like Maiden. They had they got to, I think, the third round last year. The star yeah. player got hurt. They were up two touchdowns, and the team came back and beat them. But they, they beat Salisbury, which was the undefeated state champion. I think Maiden is going to be really, really good. They well, got well, a new quarterback what I think is good here, though, is you're seeing teams like Shelby. You're seeing teams like Burns. They're playing Kings Mountain. Wallace Rose Hill is playing Leesville Road here. So, again, yeah. some of those teams, understanding that they've got tough 2A opponents, are really stepping up to face these big 3A and 4A opponents to make sure they're ready for the, uh, for the playoffs. Familiar team at the top of 3, Alex. 3-3-6 three, three, made 7-0-4 paid. <laughs> That's Jonathan Grice. And – Dudley leading the way once again. The beat goes on for the Panthers. And I think this is a testament to something we were discussing in the Talking Preps chat earlier this week. It is indisputable, really, no that doubt. the infusion of Hold some 336 <laughs> they got they got they brought me in. Uh, they got West the infusion up of here. some 336 uh, area code uh, football tendencies into the 704 landscape has been integral to the ascending national profile of the 704 uh area code schools and and dudley leading the way once again just reaffirmed what, what made you keep west charlotte i'm bringing sam in what made you keep west charlotte in after they lost 27 nothing you giving them the benefit of doubt because Sam missed so much time? that's absolute that is absolutely right that, that that is absolutely right something is to be said about a state championship coach being away from his team. That makes a difference. We heard Coach Griner speak earlier this evening about how important not only August is, but obviously how important June and what we can do in July. We know we got those dead periods. No, it's, 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 it's incredibly it, tough. It, 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 is a, it is a 
difference maker. And we've seen it on so many levels. I mean, not to not to harp on situational specifics, but we saw in 2007, 15 years ago with independence, with too many distractions off the field that caught up to them. And we saw in this situation right here, however focused you try to keep student athletes and coaches, it is an inevitable, unwanted, unintentional difference maker when the head coach is not there. So am I giving the benefit of the doubt? Yes, I am. Sam, how long is it going to take you guys to catch up? Um, Honestly, this week is – we figured out a lot of things this week. <laughs> figured out a lot of things this week. Um, this is a big game. Obviously, it's the beginning of the West Side Championship. You know, we made a West Side sweep last year. That was a big goal for West Charlotte. Yeah. That hasn't been done in a long time. We want to yeah. retain that. It starts with Harding. As you know, it's obviously a former school where I was at. And um, really appreciate what they did for my career, but want to beat them. This week – just getting the coaching staff, getting on the same page. Because, remember, they were doing things without me there. We all have to be on the same page. I have to understand everybody's worth and understand what they're bringing to the table. So, it's a lot of different dynamics. It's not just players. It's it's coaches. How do we utilize the coaches? Um, how do we, you know, manage time management? You know, all of a sudden it was hot today. We got to go when it was hotter, so we had to take the pads off. Little things like that. So it's a lot tougher to catch up. But to answer my question, Sam, is it going to be week two, week four? How long is it going to take you to get where you start? It's a day that we say day by day, baby. I I hate when they do that, Griner. I'll take it. I hate when that. Like, Langston, there's no specific day. Like, y'all always do that as media members. It always gets on my nerves. It's like you're 14 to 18 year old kids. It's never never a defined date, Mm -hmm. but you'll know. From for me seeing Sam Griner teams, you'll know when you know it. You'll see it on tape. I've seen when Griner's had his guys rolling. They look like it on defense. They look like it on offense. They're rolling. That's when you'll know. Sorry, Griner. I I just that gets on my nerves with that. Another thing that we'll know. We'll is, know. Is winter, is winter coming? Is my question. We'll know. Uh, I'm, gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you this. I'll make a bold statement, and I ain't afraid to say it. Um, right. this could be the best West Charlotte team we've ever had. It's a different West Charlotte team, but let me tell you, Butler is a really good football team. Really yes. good, and I well, think our good. defense did some great things. They scored on two fourth downs. Okay. Offensively, we didn't have we we had a new quarterback starting on Tuesday. We did you know a guy that they worked with. For four weeks, wasn't the quarterback, you know. So we had a new quarterback starting on Tuesday. We will clean some things up, and I guarantee this. At the end of the day, those 3A rankings will change. I'm glad I'm on them. West Charlotte's on them. But we won't be eight at the end of the day. I can tell you that. And let me make one more comment there. Let me make one more comment about that in line with what Sam said. Sam is correct, not only because of the return of the head coach and what that means, but also when the head coach understands how to cultivate environments and cultivate his coaching staff in such a way that they're able to relate to student athletes. I remember a comment that he made uh, during last season about both of his coordinators being 26, 27, 28 years old and their ability to connect with young people. That's a comment he made when we were speaking with uh, Cardinal Gibbons defensive coordinator, Nick Drew, and he spoke about the relatability there. So Sam fostered that environment heading into this year such that he could make a statement about the potential of this West Charlotte team, which has tended to a higher level now that the head coach 
bring it all together has returned once again. But Sam understood that all along, and it's very important when coaches can understand that. All right, real quick, let's talk about 4A because we, we went heavy on 3A. Chambers moves back up to number one from three. That You jumped him over East for sight, Alex. I certainly did. Uh, anytime that uh, you get in a situation where you get a big win over a 4A state champion, and something is to be said for a team that can undergo a head coaching change, lose their best offensive player, and then turn around and put up 28 points against Nick Drew's defense, which is an accomplishment at any level, particularly after a team with a five-star recruit got shut out offensively in the state championship a year before. So that's an accomplishment that's very worthy of a number one ranking right there. Uh, East Forsyth Roseville at 2-3 coming into next week. That'll be a a good game up in Roseville. And we go from there, Cardinal Gibbons goes up to Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. Yeah, just Sam's point about Butler being a good team. I see you got Butler in there, number Absolutely. 10. Absolutely. They're the 4A rankings. Now, I'm, a segment I'm a little bit scared of. I told Alex we are going to let him start a fire and uh, <laughs> let you guys comment. So, Alex, you got one minute to start a fire, and then they're going to comment. Briefly, I want to talk about assistant coaches relative to the entourage, and you are one or the other. If you're an assistant coach, you have designated responsibilities, and if you cannot fulfill designated responsibilities in support of what the head coach needs for the team, then get off the sideline. The sideline is no place for the entourage, whatever that means. Assistant coaches, in their most authentic form, are committed to holistic, authentic program development. In other words, if the head coach asks you to uh, work with the AD to make sure sound is pumped into the stadium to simulate a loud game environment, you do that. If he asks you to work with making sure the transportation details are in place and that there are enough people with CDLs to ensure teams can be transported, you do that. If it means working with pregame and postgame meal planning to make sure things are in place, You do that if it means overseeing the team's academic development and working with guidance counselors and teachers, et cetera, to facilitate academic excellence. You do that. And then on the field, I'm talking about something that we see woefully in place in too many so-called top programs is the absence of a kicking game. There is no reason whatsoever that elite programs who contend for championships should not have kicking games. If your head coach says, I need you to work with your soccer coach or whomever to or identify a student, two or three student athletes who we can develop. We spend time developing linemen. We spend time developing linebackers. We spend time developing skill guys. We certainly spend time developing quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. We can spend time developing kickers. And if a head coach says, that's what I need you to do to help this team, You do it. The entourage has to go. Either you're an assistant coach and you're all in or get out. Okay. Uh, Grace, you can have 30-second rebuttal. I I have nothing to say. I think my man makes some very good points. And I'm going to pass this on to the next person. Damn. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think that he does a great job with that. First of all, you don't have assistant coaches unless they are wanting to be there and wanting to be a part of what the head coach's vision is. You're always going to have people that are inspiring to get, you know, climbing up the ladder and doing things like that. As long as they're with the vision of the head coach, I think the head coach wants them to be head coaches or coordinators. If they're just a running back coach and they want to become a coordinator, you know, the head coach's job is to develop that. They don't get paid. Let's just be honest. The time that you put in, head coaches, especially assistant coaches, and most assistant coaches don't get paid at all. We're only allowed to pay so many people, maybe six. You know, a lot of people have 10 to 11 coaches. Just being a part of a bigger part of the program for developing young people, I appreciate all assistant coaches. I like to hear their voice, and they will always have a voice on our program. So if you're looking to be a coach and you want to be a part of something, come to West Charlotte. Let's have a talk. I bet I know. I bet I know. Gary has something to say about this player. All right, uh, we we had a little side joke the Thursday night about the kicking when he brought up kicking. I I wanted to bust out laughing. The funniest thing in a high school practice is watch a kicker miss four or five kicks in a row, and then every coach has something to say to the kicker. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And most of us know that we never played soccer. And uh, watching a, a, a assistant coach try to teach a kicker uh, how to kick is very funny. You need to just get the soccer coach over and let him do that. As far as the entourage thing, um, I understand what, what Alex is saying. Um, my pet peeve was if you have assistants that can't come to the coaching meeting and know what the game plan is, then they don't need to say anything on Friday night. If you don't know the game plan, you hadn't been to the coaches' meeting, then shut up. I just got. I got to say that one part of that real quick. Fresh face, Cameron, make a comment. Cameron, you the fresh face here. What What do you think about assistant coaches versus the entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, in complete agreement. If If you're not getting paid, and if you're not actually an assistant coach, you you don't need to be on the sidelines. I know, you know, several people that say, "Oh, well, I'm an assistant for this team or this school," and they're not really on staff. So it's like. Are you really an assistant coach, or are you just, you know, part of the fan club? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Let's just let's be honest. That happens a lot, especially where there's a lot of traditions. You're going to have people when you take on jobs as a head coach, though. You've got to be very careful because those people might have been there before you, and they hold weight. And um, but the the worst thing about it, if they're here to develop kids and they're real assistant coaches, they're talking about X's and O's, they want to understand the game plan and what Gary's saying and things of that nature, all right? If they're a part of that, you know. You can tell by the way the game is going. If something bad is going, they're pouting and they're like, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. When we're doing something great, they're cheerleading. Fans need to be in the stands. Coaches are on the sidelines. So it's that simple. You can tell by the emotions. You know, even Keel, most coaches, good, bad, they understand they're sticking to the game plan. This is a job we are trying to accomplish. The other part, you can tell because their emotions get too high, too low, and it affects the players on the field. 
Okay, we'll leave it there. It's time to go to the Mr. Football Countdown and see what Alex and Grice and company could do. Well, Mr. Grice, I don't see any changes on the list. Uh, is there anybody who should be on the list on the bubble? I mean, you got some good guys. I mean, the Millbrook receiver, um, I can't think of his last name, that 204 yards. Nathan um, Leacock. Yep, Leacock, Nathan Leacock. I think to me he's a fringe guy. I mean, again, you know, committed to Tennessee. He's a guy big week. I'll be definitely looking forward and kind of putting him on that on that bubble list as a guy. Again, he continues to replicate those performances. He's got to be somebody that we put on there. But a lot of these names had some big-time week one games. We talk about Noah Rogers. He had three touchdowns. Christian Hamilton had over 125 yards on one of those highlight plays where he ran through seven guys. I mean, of course, uh, Leacock's quarterback, Mason Fortune, who had a big game. Jaden Davis, Culliver, Conception started the game with a 78-yard touchdown. Man, that dude, a lot of guys that have dude to be names, though. Uh, big-time numbers, excuse me. Yeah, Conception was a freak. The guru said last week, uh, uh, Sam, you weren't here. He said Conception would be one of the pre-finalists. you agree with that? I definitely agree with that if you're asking me. He's <laughs> he's very explosive. Might be one. He's got one of the best first steps out of anybody in high school football. Is there anybody up east, Alex, that you think could, should be or could be on this list eventually? Well, it's kind of tough to say um, at this point because a lot of what you see in the east, so you look at uh, Jabron Harvey from uh, Southern Durham. I got to watch him last week. The east has transitioned a little bit in terms of the way programs are built on uh, defensive paradigms driving the bus, as, as we see something like you're going to see – uh, Cardinal Gibbons with Nick Drew's defense, which returns seven starters. So it's defense. It's defense that fueled Wake Forest's three-year run. It's defense, which has been integral to what Cardinal Gibbons has done. So you're seeing a lot of Eastern schools adopt that defensive-driven mm-hmm. paradigm. So it's going to make it a little tougher to add to that list. But the, the uh, names that you see on this list, Noah Rogers. Uh, Jabron Harvey, who is a defender, uh, DJ Scott, Mason Fortune. Those are great selections from the greater triangle area. Grice, can a kicker make this list? If there ever was to be a kicker to make this list, Nolan Hoosier from Huff would be that guy. I mean, even watching the Dutch Fort Huff game, you know, with everything going on, he was a guy that controlled that game just with his performance. And it's again, if there was one to ever make this list, that would be a guy utilizing the kicking game to the best of his ability. There's no question he's the best special teams player in the state, and it's not close. But he's one, again, if I, if we were ever to put someone like that on this list, he'd be that guy, that kind of outside-of-the-box player to put on the list. All right. Well, now it's time to see who uh, is on the list for the uh, games of the week, if I can find the, the bumper music. I'm, 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 this is the first time behind the thing this week. Here we go. All right, Alex, what you got? All right, so we called this the Big Ten. Should we call it the Big the Big Ten or the SEC? Oh, I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, wrong level. Uh, great slate of games this week. We're coming into some um, area rivalries. The big intra-county one in Cleveland County this week. Burns at Crest will always be a good one. Then we have the traditional 
greater Charlotte area powers. That Weddington at Providence Day game is going to be huge. Uh, retribution opportunity from last year. East Burke and Freedom, that Burke County rivalry is always great. And then Catholic uh, going to Hickory Ridge. But that's Hickory Ridge without Gary Richmond on staff. So that's going to make a difference right now. Cameron's going, Cameron's going to that Hickory Ridge game. Cameron, what's going to happen in that game? Ooh, you want me to like make a final score prediction? No, just I mean, just tell. Oh, yes, we do. I want to hear that. All right, what, what's your front? There you go. What's your final score prediction? We're gonna pick. I mean, I said 35-27 Hickory Ridge. Wow, that's gonna be wide open. Wow, Dale, you, Dale, you, you see you, that? I'm just saying. Do you know how good a traditionally um, Catholic <laughs> defense is? Oh, I was letting you know. Dale, yeah, do you I know see how that traditionally good Catholic is? Yeah, what you 35 27 wow well catholic has opened their game up right they're gonna they're Brad. gonna spread it and throw it all over right i don't know about that that's so that's, that's gonna be tough take in consideration think. in that game i think that's a huge game i think jupiter wilson's got those guys rolling i think their offense is unbelievable their linebackers are really good this year. Um, you have a guy that's been on staff since, you know, coach has been there that took over the defense coordinator role. Remember, their last defense coordinator is now the new head coach at Concord. Is that going to make a difference? What's going to be the scheme? What's going to be the scheme to stop Catholic because they run that unique offense? So you have to run a 50 front. You have to do things you're not comfortable doing normally. What is going to be the game plan? That's what you got to do. You know, figure really out if it's going to work. Bryce, tell me about Mallet Creek going down to play number eleven ranked Buford. Woo. I mean, I think I think Mallet Creek has shown that traditional trademark defense that I think that they've had back in the you know the, the glory days that we talk about. The keeper Mallet Creek is going to be on offense. I think you saw the beginning of the first quarter and the beginning of the third quarter. They had two big drives to really show you how they were able to ground a, a an overmatched Myers Park defense. That ain't going to be the case down in Buford, though. You're going to have a top team, and I think Mallet Creek is going to have to show a little more creativity on offense to help out their defense. I think their defense will step up and really you know, provide a good performance. But against such a top team, we're talking a good performance even could be giving up 21, 28 potential points. Can Mallet Creek's offense meet that goal and, and keep Mallet Creek in the game? going to be a tough one, but I like them stepping up to the challenge. Gary, since you like to be on everybody's highlight videos, do you think Mallet Creek can go down there and pull an upset? Um, I, I think the possibility is that I've seen a lot of growth in them over over the uh, the first two seasons under Coach Tinsley. Uh, one thing that I noticed Thursday night about them is they look like Mallet Creek again. <laughs> you know, as far as you know, the 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 build of the players, how big they are, how thick they are, how fast they are, they hadn't looked like that the last three seasons, but they look like Mallet Creek again physically. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how they match up against a, a, a bigger team, but uh, they they look pretty good against Myers Park the other night. I guess, I guess, you, dress, did they dress 220 or 230 players? <laughs> the number was up there. They got numbers and they got size. So that's not, that's not going to be a problem. They can roll in two, three, um, you know, on the, on the defensive and offensive lines like they used to be able to. Well, now it's time for Alex's favorite But you part know, Buford is – Buford's one of the best teams in Georgia, right? They're one of the best teams in the country. <laughs> 11th in the nation. I know. Exactly. But, they're, but they are – they are – 
year after year state championship and they're at home or too. winner. So, yeah, yeah. Now it's time for Ox's favorite yeah. part of the show. It's time to find out who is right on the Grice is right. <laughs> Is surprise break it down, Grace. There's no surprise here again. One of the biggest games on the slate for me, the most intriguing game last year. We looked at, at East Versailles again. Roseville was coming off of their state championship appearance in the spring season. We thought this was the crowning moment of Byron Brown, ready to, to you know to, to show how good he was going to be this next year. What we saw last year was a crushing defeat uh, by Roseville playing, having to go to East Versailles and losing. Now we've got East Versailles headed to Roseville, kind of in that different, that same situation where East Versailles is that team. Everyone's crowned. Now they've got to take that trip out to Roseville. I'm sure Alex has the address on deck, but they're going out to Raleigh to make sure they can show themselves and they can crown themselves to, to being one of the best. Well, Again, Rice, like we did last week, Roseville going to win? Yep, like we did last week, we're going to talk about how each team can win. So, again, Roseville is going to win by Brendan Atkinson continuing to take that mantle from Byron Brown and showing why, again, doesn't matter who it is, the quarterback there is going to be good. He started off a great, uh, great week one, I think, with three touchdowns, you know, big-time game. Seems like he really drove the ship for that Roseville team and showed that there was going to be no drop-off from Byron Brown. I expect, and he's got to show, that that's not going to be a drop-off either in the big-time game. Um, again, second, the big-time names do big-time things. We already know the names. You know, Noah Rogers, Tamarcus Cooley. Again, on that offensive side and defensive side, you've got to have those names having a big-time game. We can't have Noah Rogers going, you know, going ghost. Or I don't care if two, three guys on him. You get him the ball. Noah's got to do it, and we know Noah's going to do. And then Cooley on the defensive side, not only getting tackles, not only making plays, but turning that defense into offense and taking those interceptions back for touchdowns. They've also got to start fast. We looked at that game versus Pinecrest. Again, I, I checked it on my phone later. I always like to go back to see how games matriculated. It was a surprise to me to see Roseville was down 14 to nothing versus Pinecrest. They do that versus East Versailles. They'll be going back home with the loss this week. All right, so for East Versailles side, again, East Versailles is going to win if, if Rainer has a big day. Again, the Arkansas State commit had seven total touchdowns. There was no, no question it was going to be a crisis gem. But he had a big day, and again, as we always say, he's got to get help from his friends. He had over 500 yards of total offense in a, in a game they only won by 11, 49 to 38. So he's got to have a big day, and he's got to help have help from his uh, key stars, Tavian Wolf and Lawrence III. Mm-hmm. They've got to show up big. That defense has got to show, slow down that high-flying Roseville offense. Again, they gave up 38 points to Northwest Guilford. And the Vikings, of course, led by Tanner Balua, quarterback. He's a top-notch quarterback and one of the best in the area. But they, they try to do that against Atkinson and that powerful Roseville offense. I promise you they're going to have a field day against them. So we got to have Isaiah Kimbrough, O'Shea Fernandez. Those guys in the secondary have got to show up big again and let, let them know that they're going to take down that offense. And, again, East has got to handle this road trip well. Uh, we looked at Roseville coming out, and again, I always talk about this. I've talked about it a lot with Richmond County Butler. When you see teams taking that over the over an hour trip 
I, I think different coaches and different people handle these trips different ways. It'll be interesting to see how Eastern Scythe handles this trip. Going out there in a big-time game that they've got to have. Again, they've been taken and, and looked at as one of the best teams in 4A. This game is going to show who's the better team. And a lot of times that's going to be who's going to be the better team later in the season. So big-time game. I'm excited to see who shows up. But this Eastern Scythe Roseville game I think is going to be one of the best games of the week. Yeah, man, I, you know, I know we're missing the guru today, but good gracious, we got the number one voice high school sports. Maybe we got the number two right there. And Mr. Grice going way out of his area to break down the big-time game. Yeah, but I want to say one other thing about that game right there. Yeah. I guarantee you one thing that's going to happen, independent of who wins the game, that we're going to see some things next week on Grice's Gems, and we're going to see somebody from that game who's going to get the call. Because Grice just mentioned how this is a big-time game. We'll take the words of Jonathan Grice and Santana Moss. Big-time players step up in big games. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Let's do the magic of TV. We're going to talk to the guru. It's time for Fresh Faces. My man, Coach Grice, it's been a while since we heard that theme music. It's been too long, but that theme music lets you know we're about to tell you guys about some kids that you may not know about, but that are going to have big impacts for their team this year. Absolutely. Uh, again, this is uh, Fresh Faces here on Talking Preps. I got my man, Coach Grice. I'm the guru uh, heading into the week one of the high school football season. And we've already got some fresh faces that we want to talk about this week. Uh, some guys that we know without a doubt are going to be making news on your gridirons across the state. And man, let's let's just let's get on let's get on on with it. Without further ado, uh, first man I'm going to talk about is Ben Cutter, uh, run linebacker uh, from East Lincoln High School. This young man heading to West Virginia, Coach Bryce had 158. I'm not stuttering. 158 tackles last year. I mean, you can see already, the first thing I see is violence. I mean, you've got a guy that's going to come downhill, as you can see, and when he comes downhill, he's bringing the boom. He's a guy that's you know playing box-to-box, -box, but as we've already seen within the highlights, he can take that ball and turn it from defense to offense really quick. And, I mean, he's a guy I think that'll serve well West Virginia, a linebacker that'll have to get out of the box to really play the pass, as we can see here, but then can make sure he can go downhill against those running backs and make plays. So I like to see the speed from a guy that plays in the box, but he looks like some you're always going to have to account for on that offensive line. Hey, Coach Price, I know you're an offensive coach. I've been an offensive coach. You always want that quarterback and kind of dictate play and be your field general. But when you've got a linebacker like this, when you're an offensive coach looking at him and he can take away a field or make you do things, how uncomfortable does he make you as an offensive coach? He's terrible. I mean, you literally have to account for him with everything that you do. It's one thing to where you call your, your certain plays, but with everything that I call, I have to think in my mind, how can we make sure this guy's accounted for, whether we're reading him or whether we're blocking him? We have to make sure that he's a focal point when we're trying to attack the defense. All right, guys, that is Ben Cutter, East Lincoln High School. He's definitely a fresh face that we're going to be talking about a lot in this 2022 high school football season. Hey, let's stick right get back here to the Queen City right here in Charlotte. Providence State High School, we know that they're one of the most uber-talented teams, not only in the, the state of North Carolina, but in the region. Uh, you've got receiver uh, Channing Goodwin, uh, has one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and Jaden Davis throwing passes to him. What do you see from him, Coach Bryce? 
I mean, I see it doesn't matter who's throwing. It's great that he has Jaden Davis, but I think, you know, Guru, you can get out there and throw him a couple touchdowns. I mean, we see the athleticism. I mean, you saw him go up and get the ball, ensure that the defender couldn't take the ball out of his hands to score a touchdown. He's a guy that you already saw. You can put him on an island, make sure one-on-one, if you don't have a safety there helping, you're in trouble. Here, as we can see, a simple, quick screen behind the line, he can take it the length of the field. And, I mean, Jaden Davis is excited and probably doing backflips every day, realizing he's waking up and this is one of his guys he gets to throw the ball to. Wow. I don't know if I could throw touchdown passes to him, although I am about 50 pounds lighter. I could probably play some scout team quarterback and get a touchdown out there. You just got to toss him the ball. You see, you don't even have to throw it down the field and he'll score. I mean, if you can just loop that balloon ball out there, Coach, I think you're going to make sure he gets that ball. That's great to see. Shout out to his receiver coach right there. I see uh, Coach Birch. I know he's enjoying having the wealth of talent that he has with you uh, and Channing there. No no question. Again, that's Channing Goodwin. Um Receiver there at Providence State High School. Hey, we got we got another one here. Let's go back to the defensive side uh, because you know we love defense. Uh, Kahari Haynes, a linebacker at Burns High School. Let's talk about this young man. We know that they play hardcore smash mouth football there in Cleveland County. There's no secret about that. This young man last year had 78 tackles, 18 for a loss last year. Oh, uh, we scrimmaged Burns uh, before week one, and I can tell you, I understand why they gave the offers. He's a violent downhill linebacker. I think Langston's got a theme this week. Uh, you know, we see, again, a guy like this, Ooh. no surprise that he's already committed to a school to go play linebacker. But, again, with teams that like to run the ball a lot, he's going to get plenty of opportunities with his speed, size, and physicality to make something happen. I love phone booth football as much as the next guy, but I don't know if I want to be caught in a short space with this linebacker. He looks incredible, and here, as you can see right there, Look at that speed. He doesn't. You don't have an offensive player in the screen as he goes and turns that from defense to offense for a touchdown. Wow. Wow. Looking at him. Hey, we know the level of competition. Hey, they're playing against Shelby. That is Shelby a right championship there. team right there. You know the kind of football they play there. And to see him do that against big-time football teams, that boy is a player. We're going to be talking about him a lot this year. Definitely. All right, man, we got one more fresh face here again coming into the first week of the 2022 high school football season. And we're going to go up to the – the triangle area of the state capital region, Garner, South Garner High School. You've got South Garner's Jordan Reed. This young man rushed for 1,182 yards last season on a five-and-five team. Again, this is like a second- or a third-year school. Uh, this is a program on the rise. They're bringing in a longtime state championship-winning head coach, uh, Antonio Keene, to run that program. I think that's going to have big benefits for this young man. This is going to be the year of the running back. Said it now. We've highlighted a lot of fresh faces with McCombs. Herring was a big guy we talk about. Jordan Reed looks like he's right in that mold. I mean, I think you see a guy with size that can run inside, but if you give him that edge, he's going to turn that up and make for a big play there. I just love the yards after contact. I mean, you saw he looked like he was going to be tackled there. He was able to give you an extra 20 yards. And, again, I love when they flex these running backs out. You're not able to make, you know, to cover him, make a play. He's going to run a good route to make sure he catches that ball and score. So a versatile running back. Again, they may have been five and five last year, but dang it, it wasn't his fault. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year and how he's going to stack up with all of these other great running backs in the state this year. He's able to turn that uh, 1182 into something bigger. South Garner is going to be a team that's going to be playing well into the playoffs. I agree. And I think South Garner, again, a young program, team on the rise. they got a big-time state championship winning head coach coming in. I think that they've got a lot to work with. Again, that is fresh faces heading into the first week of the 2022 high school football season. Guru, Coach Price right there, man. We're going to have a big year. I can't wait to do it again. Definitely. I'm ready to see it go. All righty. Well, guys, three shot. You know what time it is. You know what it is. 
Hey, Grice. You know, Sam was kind of turned into a bully. He's always beating up on these kids early in the show. You know, he. he Oh, man, baby. Yeah, he, he, he actually, you know, he's always beating up on these kids. So he, 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 you need you, you need to put him in his place um, with this Grice, coach. Grice, Grice, Grice is. Welcome to another edition of Now, Grice is 50 pounds lighter than what he used to be in those pictures. So, like you talking about a grown man, that's a ha- he's a half a man now, so hey, I can take him down. Longer now. now. Hey, a lot stronger than all that fluff, hey. Little, hey. <laughs> I hear you. All right, let's, let's, let's see what we got on our first question here, Langston. Hickory started the clear bag policies for safety reasons, um, and a lot of fans were upset about it or against it. Uh, what are your thoughts on clear bag policy like they use in the NFL and, and some colleges as far as admitting fans into the game? Um, Sam, since you already won tonight, make it, take it. You got the first one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm against the clear bags just because, you know, I have a you know newborn son who's eight months old, and I can imagine my wife trying to come to a game, and she's got the baby bag, and there's a lot of important things in there. It's just – you got to be able to get that information out. And a lot of people that are coming to the games don't have that information. Um, I think there's other ways that we can do things with wands. And if they do have a bag, just to have someone checking the bags like they do at NFL games. There's ways to do it. Now, I know safety is most important, but I can see the frustration that can be for high school games coming into it. It's not like an NFL game where you can have a policy where everyone knows about it coming to the game. You know, it's on social media. It's everywhere else. These high school games – you might, hey, let's go to the high school game, and then now it's a clear bag rule. It's going to be difficult unless it's really getting out there. Your thoughts, Grace? Yeah, I mean, I can understand why, you know, again, Hickory schools could feel that way potentially. But, I mean, I think you look at what, you know, we've had in the city. I mean, we talk about games, you know, at certain places that you've had shots uh, fired around the areas. I mean, even Sam's school is, is in an area where you may have violence around the school that isn't necessarily attributed to the school, but it's just one of those unfortunate things. Like, again, we made it through seasons with, with masks and all these other things. And if I've got to have people get a clear bag and we can funnel it through CMS, buy the bags, distribute them out to the schools, have people purchase them, whatever it takes. I want safe football and I want my players, I want the parents involved in there to be safe. Because as we all know, it's rarely, if ever, the parents of the kids watching the game. It's some bozo or somebody that has nothing to do with the program that's causing and committing all these violent acts. Unfortunately, that means we need to protect the people. I want to protect my parents in there. I want to protect the kids, the coaches, the family, the wives that are in that are in the stadium. Again, they have to go through the inconvenience, unfortunately, but it's ultimately for our protection from those outside trying to arm us. You know, earlier we talked about the 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 games involving uh, teams that from different parts of the state playing other states. You think it should be a a state policy? So that everybody knows ahead of time or it should be system by system. I wish a lot of things were done by the state. You know, I don't want to get into that. But if we're all playing for a state championship at the end of the day, we should have the same rules across the board. Um, it's not fair for a certain team to have advantage, you know, from 
one thing to another. I don't want to get into that and, you know, have other issues, but just the state should have rules across the board. Yes, correct. Okay. It's tough with that, though, Gary. Like, again, you talk about a school that has, you know, a thousand people, you know, at max in there, you know, in their stands, you're giving them the same rule that a school with 3,000 people has there. So, I mean, that can get tough on a state-by-state -state basis. I do understand overall with that, but I can understand if I'm in a small small town, I can show you why, you know, that there are issues there. But, again, you know, we can move on to the next question. All right, next question. On Saturday, the Chambers-Gibbons game lasted three-plus hours. Are high school games getting too long? Grace, you take this one first. No, like, I don't care if you're tired of the game. We're not tired of the game. Like, again, with these new offenses with throwing the balls, I want to take advantage of the fact that my kids are in better shape than yours. I'm going to take advantage of that. We're going to be out here as long as it takes for us to get this victory. Don't care if you, you're, you know, it bothers you or whatever's going on. Our game was long as crap, too. Who cares? I think a lot of people are talking about that. Again, that may be something that you're used to. I don't want to shorten the game. I want more chances. I want, like if I'm playing poker, I want more hands to go try to win my money. That's my mentality. I want games to be longer. I am in complete support of that. And if you don't want to be there, you can leave. Sam. Oh, Grace, I love it, my man. Now, <laughs> you come to one of my games, it's never going to last three hours because we run on that football, baby, is what you guys criticized me, even though we threw the ball more than anybody last year. Um, here's the deal. As long as you have food in the concessions, let that game go as long as you can because we got to get money for the program. That's all that it comes down to. What I can't stand is this. Programs, you go to a game and at, at halftime, they're out of food. They're out of something else. That would be the issue. Okay, if we're going three hours, can we have some hot dogs and hamburgers or some type of vegan options, please? Thank you. <laughs> Sam, this sounds like me. You haven't had dinner yet. Food is not slowing down these games. Um, <laughs> all right, listen, I got this last question, guys. Uh, the NFL is playing exhibition games on Friday. And um, we know Friday is traditionally high school football night. And in fact, the Pac-12, uh, Pac it is, they went to the game of the week being on a Friday night. And, and we see how much that has helped their their uh, conference revenue and, and keeping teams. But do you think this should be reserved for high schools? Uh, are, are you worried about the colleges and, and uh, the pros taking away from high school viewership, Sam? Not in the exhibition game. Not many people are watching exhibition unless they're having some, you know, fantasy football draft that are all getting together to go watch it to – just do the fantasy draft or something of that nature. Not a lot of people are watching these exhibition games, especially the late ones, because none of the good players or the starters are going to be in. It's not really a tune-up for them. They're trying to see who's going to finish off and make the roster, the 53-man roster. Now, these colleges that are doing it, bow up. If you're good enough, play on Saturday and beat out some of the SEC teams or something else. Pac-10 teams playing on Friday night. Come on. Let's go somewhere with that stuff. Like, that's Friday night football. You know, if you want to go to a Thursday, okay, so be it. Saturday, Sunday, Monday nights, Fridays, high school football, that's where it all starts. Grace? I'm fine. I mean, again, I, I kind of like it. I get to go home after I've coached in a game and actually go watch some football. I don't miss my buddies. I can't watch Griner's game. I can't go watch other people's game live. I get to go home. Because, I mean, you know, we're on the East Coast, so I get to catch a Pac-12 game at 1030 
while I'm sitting there kind of relaxing and decompressing, or if I'm at the bar celebrating a win as we were this past week, you know, I get to watch the actual game on there. I mean, I'm not, you know, sure you can put the, the preseason game on Friday. If you're worried about it or watching the NFL preseason game over our amazing high school football, something's wrong with you. I mean, seriously. Like, we've got some great Friday night games, especially in this part of the, the country where we have some good football here. You're worried about some exhibition, fine. Play whenever you want to. Don't care. I'm just saying we got Fridays. We got it on lock no matter what they do. I'm just curious to get Dale's take on this question. Dale, what do you think about the NFL and Kyle's playing on Friday nights? I don't like it, but not many people are attending games anymore, be it um, Friday, uh, be it a college or a pro team playing on Friday night. So it's probably down to the point now that those that are going to go are going to go and they're not going to be pulled away because there's a game being played on Friday night uh, by the NFL. So I, I, I just can't see it being an impact. Okay. How, how do you think, how do you think it's going to play out this Friday since Baker Mayfield is supposed to start, the Panthers are at home and you know, that'll be uh, the first opportunity. A lot of people in Charlotte will be able to get the, to see the Panthers. What, what do y'all think about that? It's going it's to draw a lot of eyeballs on high school. <laughs> Not just in the stadium, but also on the television broadcast. Man, y'all are going to watch Baker. How many games the Panthers go in? The it's not a quarterback. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, first and foremost, let's just establish for the record that the Panthers playing a game on Friday night will do absolutely nothing to detract high school football attendees in Charlotte from attending high school games because everybody knows that you'll see more entertaining competition and frankly a better quality product and higher level of play if you go to a high school football game in Charlotte rather than going to a Panthers game. So it's going to have nothing to do with that in Charlotte. But I will say this. If I can invoke the words of the late, great Charlie Adams, rest in peace, sir. Years ago, if you remember, it was Charlotte schools in the midst of Independence's run and Butler's rise. Butler hadn't surpassed Independence when ESPN wanted to do a cut-in on Independence Butler football on a Friday night college broadcast. ESPN wanted to do that under the guise of supporting high school football. And the great statesman, Charlie Adams said, if ESPN wanted to support high school football, then ESPN wouldn't be broadcasting college games on Friday night. It rained true then and it rings true today. All right, Grace, I'm sorry to interrupt you. What were you going to say there? No, I'm just laughing at the fact that you have people that are really out here in this world that are saying, let me go watch Baker Mayfield and what he's going to do on an NFL preseason Friday rather than go watch Sam try to take step one of the uh, West Side Championship. <laughs> I, I, <are> seriously? <laughs> Who are those people, Langston? Tell them to email you and, and, and send, send it to me. <laughs> Speak. Speaking of that, they aren't coming to Friday night games. That's who those people. Well, are. that's that's no matter when, no matter who. No, no, no. I think I think attendance is actually up at a lot of schools, but I do think it's down in some other schools. I, I think attendance has gotten better at some of the schools over the last three or four years. There was a point four or five years ago I thought it was down across the board, but I think there's some schools that are struggling, but some schools are doing quite well. I'm sorry, Sam. What were you gonna say? No, I'm just saying. You know, speaking of the West Side Championship, uh, you know, first game, we will not be playing at West Charlotte. Um, you know, they told me on year three I would be playing in my stadium 
at West Charlotte, but we were parking last night, quite ready. So what? You're parking last night, correct, correct, idiot. I guess they could park at the church, maybe, and walk. That's a long yeah, walk. That, it's just them. we we worked it out as a you know principal and an athletic director, but we got overruled, which is understandable. I understand what's going on there. Um, it's still unfortunate though because that tradition of West Charlotte opening up a brand new school. I would love to be in that stadium, but I know the Lion alumni and the fans will come and support us at Waddell because it's a very important game. We're trying to you know take that. Westside Championship again. This is the first leg of it, and I think that it's going to be very important. So I'm, on, I'm hoping everybody comes out. You're going to see a great show. We will get there, and uh, please be there. You play the Panthers. Yeah, it, it would be great if CMS could hold a job fair at some of these games because they ain't got enough teachers next week. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. All right. Well, we got the. Are we going to have a teachers' job fair at the game, or, we, or at the game are we going to have a chain gang job fair? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! All of it. <laughs> Dale in the West make All the above. interviews. <laughs> All right. Now we got the big star All back the on above. the. Big, now we got the big star back on the big show. Sam, what are your final thoughts? What we got here? I, I had one of the coolest things happen to me today. I was in my office at about twelve thirty after eating lunch, and um. A member from the Los Angeles Rams knocks on my door. He's got on a shirt. I'm like, wow, okay. You know, maybe he's just wearing a shirt. And he says, I don't want to go on his name, but he says, I'm the assistant general manager for the Los Angeles Rams. And I said, wow, okay, how you doing? And he says, I'd like to ask about one of your former players. And it's just showing you, I want to tell all the student athletes that are out there, they will, if you have a chance to go to the NFL, they will come and find out every detail about you. This man talked to me for an over an hour about Garrett Williams, who I coached at Hickory Ridge. It's at Syracuse. I'm not afraid to talk about it because he was one of the best players and better men that I've ever coached. And I had no problem highlighting and talking about him, but he wanted every detail. And I just want to let you know, keep your social media clean, do all the little things right. If you have a dream, stick to that dream. Everything else will be there for you later on. You will get there, and they will find out everything about you. Just make sure you're doing the little things right. Absolutely. One one quick point about the uh, social media. One thing I hear a lot from college coaches, I'm sure you guys can attest to it, is that college coaches hate when your social media is like at you know Jim Bob Dog thirty eight forty five dash two. Just use your name, mm. your phone number, your huddle link. Just make it easy. Don't make coaches have to like Google you and chase you down. Make it easy because. They have so many people they can recruit from. I hear this all the time from coaches. It's a so great point, people. Langston. Yeah. That's a oh, great I, point I, because – I hear it every week from you, you are your own brand. Now, especially yeah. with this new NIL stuff, you need to start branding yourself now yeah. for those opportunities. If they're going to provide it in college, like it or not, you are your own brand. You need to start branding yourself correctly. Yes. Yeah, but there's some there's some really cool Twitter handles, though, like Ty Beats Losing, Grice's favorite one from uh, Tyler Green. Losing. In Hollywood with the H and his number and the Hollywood. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. But, yeah, I think for the most part, I think guys need to, like, use their name, their real name, their phone number, their huddle link, and just make it easy for these coaches to find you. Because with uh, with COVID giving guys back a year and the, the transfer portal, they're not looking at high schools first. They're looking at the portal first. And, and so you got to make it easy for these guys. Just, just my two cents. All right, guys, well, it was a great show. Uh, first show here on, on the, the StreamYard. We did the other one live in person. We're going to do some more live in person shows. We got a lot of great feedback on that. 
Uh, we got to get the guru back. Seems funny without the guru. He's in Maine or somewhere. I don't know where the guru is. He, he's somewhere hiking, trailing. Uh, doing <laughs> but uh, that is Coach Griner. I'm Langston. That's Gary, my frat brother. That's Alex, my good friend. That's Cameron Williams, the guru in training. Is that what we call him? Yeah. The guru, yeah, the, it, get the guru in training. Dale Ross and then uh, Jonathan Grice, uh, guru too. Can we call you guru too? I'm guru just a coach. Too. That's all. <laughs> Second best voice in high school football. And we are talking preps. Cameron.